everybody. Welcome to another episode of First Gear. My name is Eric. I'm one of your hosts. I'm here with my good buddy Tanner, and we got another guest for you this week. His name is Dan Albright, legendary motocross dirt track racer, also from Iowa. He's got a ton of cool stories he's going to tell you tonight, and or you know when you listen to it eventually downloading and everything. So what's up, guys? Hey, man. How you Hi. doing? Good. Good. It's been a crazy, crazy last couple of days. Um, that's all I got to say. <laughs> it was a busy weekend. <laughs> I completely understand. And this week has started off pretty hectic for me, too. And it being a holiday week and a short work week, and <laughs> I'm ready for the four-day weekend. Yeah. I feel like short work weeks make for longer next work weeks. Yes. If yes. that makes sense. <laughs> Usually. So, like I said, we got a special guest on. His name is Dan. What's up, Dan? Not too much. How about you? Doing pretty good. So I appreciate you coming on. I know Tanner does too. He's the one coordinating a lot of the guests so far. And I just thank you for giving us a couple hours of your night to come on here and talk to a couple knuckleheads for a couple hours. All right. Yeah, no problem. Glad to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And also guys, thank you very much for uh, sharing the show and listening to it. Our last couple episodes have been blowing up lately and that's really, really cool. This started off as just Eric and I spending hours on the phone talking absolute nonsense about racing and <laughs> decided to make a podcast out of it. And now we're getting to share some really cool stories. And another cool thing about Dan is he's right here in Lisbon, Iowa, which is where I graduated high school. It's where Ryan Dolan was from. And I'm starting to learn that apparently if you want to be a racer, you need to live in Lisbon, Iowa. So <laughs> <laughs> that is a fact. I am too. I'm thinking of moving just so I can race. Like, <laughs> well, it's a it good place to be, to be. The standard there <laughs> yeah no this is uh this is gonna be cool and like eric said thank you very much for coming on uh you got a cool story you got to do a lot of cool stuff and you're still active and that's cool uh we're excited to learn more about you and i haven't got to learn a whole lot obviously i've known you a long time so i know bits and pieces but getting to actually hear in-depth details about yeah. it tonight's gonna be really cool oh yeah yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a good show. So I'm just going to roll right into it. There's real no like racing news or anything going on. NASCAR season's over. Most stuff is winding down. So I know, Tanner, you had a list of stuff that you wanted to ask Mr. Albright over there. So if you want to you know, go ahead, you're more than welcome to. Yeah, so obviously the first question we usually ask everybody is how did you get started racing when did you start what was the deciding factor to get into it is there like family history with it or when did this all start for you well for me racing it was there was a bmx track that opened up here in town um right behind 4l managing the 4l manufacturing and uh they held bmx races there for a couple years um when that got brought to everybody's attention, I drove dad nuts until <laughs> I was able to go do it. <laughs> That's crazy. Awesome. I never knew there was a BMX track here. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be like right where like the softball diamonds at? Yep. Kind of... yep. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, it started in 1977. Man, that's awesome. That is really cool. What kind of bikes were you racing back then, just out of curiosity? Uh, Red Lines, uh, BMX. 
So did you, uh, did you just run or did you just ride the BMX here in town or did you kind of travel around with it or where did that go? Uh, it started in 77 here and then in 78 DNN Raceway and Centerpoint opened up. And then we went there and a couple times we went to Oskaloosa. Awesome. Race there. So how long did you ride BMX? Three years. Three years. And then that's when, that's yep. when he made the decision to get a engine on top yep, of it <laughs> yep um yeah and it, when that first happened i originally thought that one weekend i'd race bmx and the next re- weekend i'd race motorcycles and i didn't race bmx again well i did in the winter oh, okay um, like indoor stuff indoors over at plaza auto auction in mount vernon really yep um, we're That's like wild. we're like three minutes into this and i've already learned that there was like several <laughs> tracks around here i never even knew about <laughs> That's yep. awesome. Yeah, one weekend we'd race at Plaza, and the next weekend we'd race at the exhibit hall in, at Hawkeye Downs. Awesome. That's wow. cool. Was there uh, quite a few bikes in that? Yeah. Yep. Yep. All kinds of classes. and Nice. So how old were you when that was? I was six when I started, and then it would have been, I was probably nine, ten, when we were racing indoors on the... Um, on the BMX, and I started the motocross motorcycles at eight. Nice. Uh, where did you start? Uh, where was your first race at in uh, motocross? Uh, Tipton Hills, and over at Tipton. I think I think I've seen a few pictures of that actually before. That uh, seemed to be a pretty hot spot back then. Yep, yep. What class were you racing? Uh, sixty-five class. Sixty-fives. I don't know if anybody has seen the sixty-fives lately, but them things rip. Yes. Those things are quick. Yes, they are. Yeah, like uh, the one story I mentioned when we had Dad on here when I ran that uh, that indoor race up at the sand pit up there in New Richmond, Wisconsin at Cedar Lake Speedway. And I was talking about how I thought I did all right running the 250, I think the 250B class, and I ended up like sixth overall. But I couldn't, I couldn't get the guts to hit the triple on the front stretch. And then there's literally kids on these 65s, and they're just clearing it. I'm like, this isn't even fair, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're young enough. They haven't hit the ground hard enough that they're not smart <laughs> enough not to do it. So 65 class, did you, uh, did you just run the Tipton Hills with that, or did you kind of travel around no, with it? we traveled around. Um Tipton would race one weekend, and then Windy Oaks and Springville yep. would race another weekend. And then nice. Sigourney, uh, Knoxville, Wilcox Park. Really? Race, race there. Uh, Zwingled uh, over by Makokota, Otter Creek. Okay, call, yep, I've heard of that. What they called that. Um, uh, New Hartford, which they're still racing today. Yeah, I, uh, I went and helped a friend up there one time. I... I never actually raced up there, but that was a pretty cool little track. Yep, yep. Man. So uh, did you guys start traveling right away as soon as you got in the 65s, or did you just kind of run locally for a little bit, or did you travel right away? Locally, and then by that fall, when when the tracks in Iowa were shut down, Mm -hmm. uh, we'd go over to Illinois, to Byron, Illinois, and they'd they'd have three, two, three more races than we did here. Okay. So then we go over there and, and race. Man, that's and then, awesome. And then in the spring, they Byron would open up before 
anybody here did. And so then we go over to Byron for. So you really could get a lot of racing in. Yeah. Start, say, mid March, and Byron would go clear to the end of October. Man, that's weather, a while. Weather permitting. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the winters in the Midwest, they can get pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes and you never know what it's going to do. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know how many times we'd we'd be here and it'd be pouring down rain. And you'd call over to Byron and talk to Joe and he'd say, nope, not raining here. And you'd get all the way over <laughs> there and start line was like a bowl of pudding. It's like it was raining the whole damn time. <laughs> <laughs> well, well and he'd always say well it just started a couple hours ago <laughs> well at least you can race in the mud a little easier on bikes than you can in cars yes but... yes yep. yeah so uh like what was your guys's uh what was your travel rig like did you guys did you have a van at the time or were you just doing it out of a truck what was that like started out in the back of a pickup and then got a little trailer and uh before it was over with we had a motorhome and a big enclosed trailer and nice that, that's That'd be uh, fun. that's one thing i always thought was really cool about the privateer stuff with the motocross is these guys they they buy like little sprinter vans sometimes they just get like econo line vans or whatever and they strip everything out and they just sticker it up and make it a moto rig and they travel the country doing that i just always thought that was so cool yeah no there's all kinds of different ways of getting there. <laughs> oh. yeah and like even when Ryan was talking last week about the infamous Eckridge rig with that uh, crew cab yellow truck and stuff like that. It's just, yeah. it's so cool how all them rigs started out and what they've morphed into today. It's just crazy. Yes. Yes. That's just wild. So did you do pretty well with the 65s when you were running those things? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, see so here the first year I ended up ninth in points. The next year I was second. Next year, I won it. Nice. And then the following year, I ended up second. Um, we That would have been E3. And I had a Honda support ride at the time. And uh, the Honda 60 was a little less than subpar. Um, <laughs> and if you had a Kawasaki, you that was the bike to have. And about, oh, half to three quarters of the way through the season, Dad had had it. And, uh, we went over to uh, Peoria, Illinois, and to Gray Boy, Gray Boy Kawasaki, and got a KX60. Nice. So uh, the 65s. That. Uh, so you said you started with a Honda, uh, Yamaha, or Suzuki. Uh, it was a, a Suzuki. Suzuki, and then Yamaha, <laughs> and then the Honda was a support ride. Yep, I gotcha. Team Honda support ride. Yep. So uh, nice. Those points you were running, was that just dis- district points, or was it like regional, or uh, how did that work? Uh, district. Uh, Iowa was District 22. District 22. Yep. Cool. Nice. So when did you start moving up? Uh, let's see here. 82, I rode a 60 and an 80. And then, uh, let's see here. 83, I rode a 60 and an 80. And then by 84, I was too old for the 60 and too small for a 125. And 87, I believe I went from an 80, or rode an 80 and a 125. So you're moving right on up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's cool. Um, so when did uh, when did you guys did you go to Loretta Lynn's at all? Yeah, eighty two. The first year they had it at Loretta Lynn's, we were there. We went to. Hey, what? What was that? You mean like as in the Loretta Lynn? Yeah. Yep. You guys just said that like it was no big deal. What the heck? <laughs> it's just, it's been there since, well, it's still there today. It's been there since 1982. That uh, is cool. That, that in 82, we went, went to uh, Ponca City, Oklahoma for a week and raced at the NMA Nationals. And then the next week we went to Loretta Lynn's and raced the AMA Nationals. I had no idea she even had a rate like our track or what was what was that at her house or what was that? It was uh, it was several miles from her house. Oh, probably four okay. or five, I when I say several, four or five miles. Um, and then it was there's a campground there, and it's below the campgrounds up on the hill, and the the track was down below. Um, that is so cool. Yeah, I, who knew? I I'm like. I'm a diehard old country fan, so that story just perked my interest quite a bit. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah, and when we weren't racing, and when we were, our motor was moto was done. We uh, somehow hitch a ride down to the where the um, water mill was, and we'd swim in the river. And her house was right across. You could see her house up on the hillside from where we were swimming. This is where she sang coal miner's daughter. Um, there's rope what? swing. Yep, rope swing. And... <laughs> that is bananas. You know how many people that actually listen to that song are just doing the same thing I'm doing? Like, what? In... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that the been practice. She came down and, uh, as I, of course, this has been a long time ago. As I recall, Ron Lachine went out and did a demonstration for her. And she was just at awe at it all. <laughs> and then that whole week, Mooney had a old army jeep that he'd run around and um, he'd stop at everybody's uh, pit and have a beer. And then he'd move on to the next and have another beer. Him and some one of his buddies, they go they go around and visit with everybody. Oh. That is, you're just you're blowing my mind. You were at Loretta Lynn's house racing. Well, not at her house, but close. <laughs> well, down the yep. down the road. Yep. That's just that's just nuts. I'm gonna have to tell my father-in-law about this. That he that that's his favorite singer. So that's oh, too cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and a couple of years ago when the they had floods and it yeah it washed everything right away and yeah, uh, a few people were questioning whether it it would go back, and it was back this year. That's awesome, and that's is that uh. The Loretta Lens is that like a is that a national qualifier or is that actual nationals? That's the actual nationals. Actual nationals, yep. amateur nationals. Yep. yep. That's cool. What uh first time you went there was that uh in a sixty five? Yep. Would that have been your first year in sixty fives or no? Towards your end. Uh, so you're eighty two. So <clears throat> towards the end, I had one more year left on a sixty. Man, that's crazy. Being uh like eight years old at the time eight nine years yeah. old racing down at loretta lens little did everybody know that was going to turn into like the biggest amateur national track on the circuit that's uh that's really cool well and prior that's to that crazy. It, uh, it moved from track to track uh oh, the, okay 
the year before we were in Reedsville, North Carolina. Okay. Oh, wow. Racing, racing there for a week. Went to school the first day for a half a day, and then we were gone for a week. <laughs> That's the way to do school, man. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. That was always my favorite part when we were racing go-karts like crazy. I, there were several times that we would take like a Thursday, Friday off from school because we were going racing all weekend and. That was always so much fun. Everybody's like, oh, you're leaving again. Well, yeah, we're going racing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like, that's so different than around here. Everybody left early to go, like, if they were on the football or baseball team or something. Right. It wasn't, I'm going to go race cars. It was, I'm going to go play a sport. I'm going to go play a game. Yeah. So uh, when you ran at Loretta's, uh, how many people were in your class? Do you know? Uh, 40. 40 Four. bikes in your class. Four days. How'd you end up? Ah, uh, see here. I want to say 20, 21st and a 20th, something like that. I, the year before I was 12. When it was in uh, uh, North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yep. That's, yep. That's still pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's the big amateur national. So anytime you place like, if you're not last, that's still, that's a pretty good accomplishment. I mean, and then getting to be mid pack yeah. and then almost to the top 10, that's, that's tough to do. Cause did you guys do two motos at the nationals? It was, I recall, no, it was more than two. It was three. I believe they, I think they took your, you raced three and then they took your two best, two best. So that's pretty good to end up with a 12th at a nationals. That's, that's crazy out of 40 bikes. That's, that's nuts because that's the best riders in the country. So that's that's really yeah. cool. How many times did you race Loretta Lands? Was did you do that for a while until you got to the pro level, or how did uh, that work? No, just in '82, uh, we had I choked. Um, <laughs> the nationals weren't good to me. It seemed like if something was going to happen, it was going to happen there. Um, and then in '87, we went back to Ponca City. I think I was, oh, what was I? I think I was like 17th in one, one class. I rode three classes. Um, I was 17th in one, and I think I might have been 12th, was probably 12th, 13th, was probably about the best. That's awesome. Was that, that still in a, cool. was that still in a 60, or was that up in like that? That was, I was on an 80 and a 125. 80 and a 125. Yeah, I rode, uh, 80 mod and 125 mod and then 80 stock. Nice. So uh, did you have like any factory sponsorships at the time or what was that uh, like? What was your situation there? No, I, after that Honda ride, um, some local dealers occasionally, I could get some sponsorship from them. Nothing, nothing until real good until 93. And I, I rode for Washington Honda. They gave me my bikes there, and then um, I got they got me a Fox sponsorship. I had two two sets of clothes. And That's awesome. Helmets. That's like big time stuff. When you finally get those sponsorships like that, it makes you feel like you're doing really good. Um, not to backtrack a little bit, but how did that first Honda ride come about in the '60s? Uh, Bell's Honda from Fairfield gave me a call or gave a call and uh unfortunately i answered the phone and <laughs> they told me what was going on and i uh at that because we were 
dad was leaning towards Kawasaki's mm-hmm. uh, in the first place. And then when I, I wanted that support ride, um, the motors in the sixties were good, but they didn't handle at all. Um, and, and, and to get this motor good, you had to do a bunch of modifications to it. I got you. Whereas the stock 60 Kawasaki, it, uh, it was the whole package. So what kind of modifications were you guys allowed to do? Uh, port polish the cylinder, the head. Uh, I think we put a bigger carburetor, an eight uh, carburetor off an eighty on the the sixty, and then to, got a rear shock um, hmm. to try and help get it to handle a little better. Uh, but it just didn't it just did not work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that. You wouldn't think there would be a whole lot of adjustment on them bikes being two wheels and forks and a shock and a oh, the swing arm in the back, but man, there is a ton of adjustments there. Yeah, yes. even back on the Yamahas, we were buying a a rear shock for a nineteen seventy seven or eight YZ eighty from Fox. And uh it was a full rebuildable shock like um they are today. Man, that's crazy. That's pretty wild that you could do all that kind of stuff back then. I just didn't, I've never really followed or gotten that into motocross. So to me, this, I'm just learning right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just, that's just racing. It's crazy how much it evolves in just a short amount of time. But back in the late seventies and early eighties, being able to make that many adjustments and yeah, just the technology then that's, that's, pretty extreme for the time frame really right oh yeah yeah the, like the the motocross shocks um are like what the late models are running now the canisters and mm-hmm. so forth oh, wow. it was like well those are that's <laughs> i've been working on those for a long time <laughs> right <laughs> man and it's same basically the same technology and i remember i i didn't understand why the late models had the the braided line why they weren't running piggyback shocks because the motocross had had piggyback shocks for years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, then pretty soon, shortly after that, then the the, the Olins and all that yep. started coming out with the piggybacks. And it's like, <laughs> a little late on that. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's just crazy how two completely different disciplines ended up leading towards the same technology eventually. That's, crazy because i mean it's two completely different types of racing yeah 100 percent. so you ran a loretta lens and then you started moving up to the 80s and the 125s did you just run uh regional stuff with the 125s or did you start traveling more was that trying to get to the pro card stuff or where was that at um back in the I'm going to say 85, 86, Iowa kind of shut down. So then we started, basically all of our racing was done over in Illinois, Wisconsin, Missouri. Oh, wow. Um, and so would that be like high school time for you? Yep. Yeah. How this... That'd be a fun way to go through high school right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So how long... Uh... 
how long did Iowa kind of shut down with that? Was that a short period of time, or what was that? Hawkeye and Allen's opened up in 87, and they'd run Saturday nights mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. every two or three weeks. And so then, okay. we, then when, they'd, when they'd run, we'd run Hawkeye Downs on Saturday night, and then we'd go to uh, Maplehurst, which which was Richmond, Illinois, or Byron, Illinois, okay. or, or Astaland, which is in Lake Mills, Wisconsin, just just right up by Milwaukee. Um, okay, so okay. we'd jump in the motorhome, and I'd <laughs> eat something real quick and go to bed, and when I woke up the next morning, we were at the next racetrack. <laughs> That's so awesome. was it uh was it just you and your dad going or who all went with you? Uh no, for for a while there it was my mom and my brother. Okay. My brother raced. Did he? Yep. I yep. was going to ask you that later if he ended up doing any racing. When did he start? Uh I believe it was 81, 82 right in there. Okay, so at a lot of these races you both were racing yep. then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Was he quite a bit younger or are you guys close uh, in age? 2 years. Two years. Okay. Yep, two years so young. did you guys ever race each other? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> did you beat him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. It's always fun getting to beat the other sibling. Right. Yes. It doesn't matter what it's in. <laughs> and that's that's nuts. But that's what's that's so cool. Just getting to travel around, racing all these different tracks. That's always been one of my favorite things is the traveling part. Just because yep. running the same old racetrack every week, that it's still fun because you're racing, but getting to see these new places and race against different people and stuff like that, that's that's always been really cool just because it's crazy how much different. Like, I'm sure the atmosphere at Hawkeye Downs was completely different than over in Byron, Illinois. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> totally oh, different. For sure. So did a what lot of you, got... you race at in Missouri? Oh, sorry. Uh, let's see here. Columbia, Missouri, at Finger Lakes State Park. Race there. Um, Cahoka, Missouri. Uh, uh, Memphis. Memphis had a track. Really? Is it close to the stock car track? Uh, no, it was outside of town. You oh. turned on County Road YY or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it was a paved road. And then it pretty soon it got narrower and narrower and then it went to a gravel road and then it to one to one lane gravel then it went to a dirt road and you're pretty sure you were lost and then all of a sudden there was this racetrack a hidden gem yes (laughs) that's how some stuff is out here it's just like nothing and then boom racetrack Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) that's kind of like that up here too i mean obviously there's 99 counties in iowa so most fairgrounds have a racetrack so pretty easy to find but there is some there was some go-kart tracks we went to actually that were like in people's backyards just out <laughs> in the middle of nowhere but oh, that's uh, awesome well you'll have to ask johnny how to get out out of the pits in memphis missouri <laughs> oh that uh that'll be a good story <laughs> i'm gonna have to write that down so i remember that so i have uh, to listen i have to backtrack and listen to the show again yeah so uh <laughs> were you guys uh did you just run like a full schedule throughout that time throughout high school or were you just kind of part-time or were you trying no. to chase points or what were you doing there? Uh, we really didn't chase points after we got out of Iowa too much due to the fact that we were bouncing from Missouri and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Oh, Minnesota, go to Millville and race. A lot of 
Minnesota and race there too. Man. So you guys traveled a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can remember yeah. one holiday weekend we raced, uh, tried to race Lake Geneva and it rained out and then raced, went to Byron and it rained out. And, uh, mom said Kellogg's racing on Monday. And, uh, dad goes, well, that's quite a ways. And she goes, oh, it's, it's not as far as you think. And three and a half tanks of gas later, we're, we're pulling in and, oh, uh, never unloaded a bike. It rained out there too. Oh no. It was like 800 miles we drove and never even oh, got, never, never even got the bikes out. Oh man. That's crazy. That's, That's just the serious, kind of stuff that happens, though. That is some serious dedication to trying to race, though. Well, if you wouldn't have went, it would have been the best. It would weather would have been perfect, and that yep. have been the best track it ever been. Yep. Well, and that's how it seems to go. If if you stay home, they end up racing. If you go, they rain out. I mean, yep. you you're yep. better off just going to find out they're going to rain out. Yeah. <laughs> so I heard you mention uh, Wendy Oaks. So Wendy Oaks was, I don't know, I'd say it was probably. 10 minutes north of the town I grew up in, uh, Springville, Iowa, when I was a little kid, um, my grandparents actually drove me out there to where it was. And I believe the flag stand was still up at that time. It's obviously all completely gone now. It's all cornfields, but that track has always been something I always wish I could have seen or even got to ride on because even my dad ran like, I think he ran mini bikes there when he was really little. And uh, so kind of tell me about Wendy Oaks. What was it like? And uh, it sounds like they had a bunch of cool stuff going on there all the time. Yes. Yes. There was a, I think it was called the Wendy Oaks Supper Club. Okay. Which would be kind of like Sid Rell's or uh, mm-hmm. the Lighthouse. Yep. deal. And uh, there was a, I think a motel. Because I know there was a pool, okay, back in there, um, and then they had well, they had lots of area qualifiers for the for the Loretta Lins and so forth there. Really? So there was um, qualifying races there. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I did. I've heard so many stories about Wendy Oaks my <laughs> whole life, and I it's it's always been gone. Like I said, I think all that was left was the flag stand at the time. But they just they seem to have. It seemed like there was always really big events going out there while the races were going on. Yeah, yeah. Everybody go out and camp, and I can remember being there being four hundred bikes there. Wow! Some of those big races. That's crazy. Man, that's just is, a lot of bikes. Yeah, that <laughs> is a lot of bikes. <laughs> well, when you went to the nationals, there'd be over three thousand. Holy cow! Wow, <laughs> man! And we thought 140 cars was a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So, did you ever run any of the national qualifiers out there at Wendy Oaks? Yeah, yeah. How did those uh, go? Uh I won one, won the stock class, and finished second in the modified to guy from over in Illinois. What class were you uh, running there? Uh, that would have been the 60 class. The 60s, okay. Yep. Nice. When did uh when did Wendy Oaks close down? Eighty six. And so that was quite a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember we went to Illinois and raced and we were gonna race Wendy Oaks the next day 
and there was they had just added a new triple and i I, we've been out there and practiced and I was doing the triple on my 80 and, uh, it rained out. So I never got to show my hand. <laughs> oh man. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I did. I know Johnny's got some cool pictures of that. And it, I just, I, that's what, if there, if I could go back in time, that is one place I would love to go see just because it's right from where I grew up. So that, yeah. that always just be really cool to see. That sounds like a fun time. Yeah, yeah, it was for sure. It was a lot of fun. Well, it's kind of just out in the middle of nowhere. You take gravel roads all the way to it, and there uh, now I don't know what it was like then, but now there's like a ninety degree turn right there, and the racetrack was right on like the right hand side. So, oh wow! And wasn't there like a creek jump there too, or yeah. did you ride through the creek, or how did how was that? You rode down by the creek. Down uh, by it. Yep. Okay. Yep. We never actually went through the creek. Okay. You were down by it. The start would go on one side of it, and then you went down to the far end, and I don't know if they had a, a tunnel over it uh, or a, top, a tile over it oh. or just what. I don't I don't remember exactly how the creek went. Okay. Um, but then you get on the other side of the creek, and there was a um, straightaway that went on the other side of the, the creek there. I got gotcha. you. the other direction. So did you ride uh, your 80 and 125 out there too? I rode the 80 and then I, uh, before they actually totally shut it down, you could go still go out there and practice. So okay. I had practiced a 125 out there. I bet a 125 was a lot of fun on that place. <laughs> Didn't matter what you were on, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> no, I'm sure. <laughs> that kind of seems to be the common theme of all the stories I've heard of that place is that it was just so much fun just because I guess it was like a big family atmosphere with the pool and the supper club and stuff like yep. that. Yeah, and they used they used to have when I first started, they'd have trophy presentations after the races for everybody. Really, that's um, awesome. Instead of, then I don't remember just when that kind of quit, but then it was you just went and got your trophy and went home. But when I first started, they'd have a big presentation for them. That's cool. cool. <laughs> I wish they did more of that. Honestly, yeah. I mean, anymore it seems like. Obviously, with the motocross stuff, they still do, for the pro stuff, they do all the podium, which is a pretty cool presentation, but I don't know what the more amateur stuff's like, but even with the dirt track racing, oval track stuff, I mean, you go to Victory Lane, they give you a, a little dinky trophy, and you get your picture, and then, right. <laughs> then on right. to the next one. Right. Yeah, and the, back then, the, when I first started, the trophies had four a marble base and they were actually a really really nice trophy and now the wind blows and they fall over <laughs> that that is a fact everything unfortunately has just gotten cheaper <laughs> including yes. the trophies that you win yes well they got they got to save money for all the participation trophies to make everybody happy right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but i gotta ask you man in your early motocross days what was your most memorable or favorite win that you had had out of all the tracks you got to race at? Cause it sounds like you got to go like all over the Midwest doing that. Uh, uh, there's been a, there was a lot of them. Um, but probably one of the ones that stick out most, we were over in Richmond, Illinois, which is probably five hours from here. And, uh, a kid from that shoe from Minnesota was there. And then one of the hot shoes from Wisconsin which he raced northern Wisconsin most of the time. He was never down 
in the southern part. And the first moto, I pulled the whole shot and won. And then the second moto, I went down in the first turn and got up and run them down and uh, passed passed them both on the last lap, probably three or four corners from the finish. Really? That's oh, awesome. Wow. Did you end up winning that moto too? Yeah. Yep, won that moto. Nice. Layer down in the fun. first corner and come all the way from the back and win it. Yep, That's awesome. I recall right. there was uh, 28 motorcycles in the class that day somewhere that's a lot of bikes to pass <laughs> so somewhere there it's wrote all that's all wrote down and sounds like you uh, wore them out that day that's awesome yeah. <laughs> uh, what, funny story about richmond that's where my mom's side of the family is from that's crazy yeah it's there's a and world. there's a, a stock car track not too far from there yep because we you couldn't camp at the racetrack so we you'd go by the racetrack and there's gander mountain um, okay. And we camp in the parking lot. <laughs> um, there's usually six or seven uh, people there camping to get, waiting to get to the racetrack the next morning. That um, is so cool. I, I'd crazy. wake up. And I wasn't old enough to drive yet, but I'd get up and dad would be, they'd still be sleeping and I'd start it up and <laughs> drive three or four miles down the road and pull into the racetrack. That is awesome. <laughs> so, uh, when you won that race, uh, what class were you in on that? Uh, 80. So, it would have been the 80. Yep. The 80s, of, even now, the 85 Super Minis, whatever they call them, that just seems to be a super, super competitive class. It's, yep, it's, that's, and as far as power to weight ratio, uh, a good 80 with the proper weight 80 rider and a 125 mm-hmm. with the proper weight 125 rider, uh, an 80 will smoke a 125. I would totally believe it. I've, I've seen mm-hmm. it. That's, uh, so when you started doing really well in the eighties, is that kind of when you knew like mentally that, yeah, you can compete with these guys and you want to keep pursuing it? Uh, I just mainly wanted to keep racing as far yeah. as, um, as far as the, the pro stuff, um, it was just one of those deals where it's close and mm-hmm. might as well give it a shot and see what happens. I know I'm going to yeah. get my butt handed to me, but it was an opportunity to ride on a national level or national prepared track. Cause mm-hmm. I had like at Redbud, I had raced Redbud, um, Michigan, uh, prior to ever racing a pro race. Really? We'd go over there and race. Redbud is one of my all-time favorite tracks. I got to go there for the first time last year, and that place is so cool because it's always Fourth of July weekend. Yep, and yep. it is a freaking party. And you <laughs> that sounds like fun. Needed to be there in the early days because it's tame now. I could imagine. I mean, um, they still get a pretty good crowd now. Oh, but, they get but, they get more people, right? But they've got it contained more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can remember you'd pull in and over the, there was four or five lanes pulling in and it said no big fireworks. <laughs> and about that time, somebody blow a 55 gallon drum 50 feet in the air with a quarter stick of dynamite. <laughs> and, uh, that's awesome. I remember the one time dad was with me and we, it was, oh, must have been the second year I raced the pro race there. And, uh, friend of mine from Missouri, Travis Kobush, 
we he was we you couldn't they wouldn't let you in the pro pits the night before. Um so we had to camp down where um they called it the war zone at the foot of the hill there before they right by the gate. And we were sleeping in the trailer that time and uh <laughs> Travis was sleeping in a tent and he wanted dad to move the truck so it would block the tent so he couldn't get run over. <laughs> and uh about that time it had just got done raining and the grass was all wet and the the coolers that takes two people to carry look like yeah. a coffin. <laughs> one was full of beer and the other one was full of food. And they come in and did a big donut and spit everybody that was in the back of the truck out the back and the two coolers. Oh, and they were no. down in the mud picking up their chicken and beer. <laughs> Travis is like, I need to be blocked. <laughs> before it was over with dad, dad had talked to Gene Ritchie, the guy who owned the place and uh, convinced him that he needed to let us up in the up in the pits, and he's like, yeah. "No, there's no partying up there." And Dad goes, "We're here to race tomorrow. Um, we're gonna cook something out, and we're gonna eat and go to bed." Right. And so right. then uh, he let us up. He finally let us up there, and then uh, the next year we pulled up to the the gate, pulled off the side of the road, and mm-hmm. next thing you know, he's opening up the gate, and letting let, on in, letting us up, letting <laughs> us go up. That's a win after the previous yeah. lesson. Yeah, yeah. And then I know the, well, the first time we were there in 86, uh, we were raced, they had, pro, let's see here, we raced, amateurs raced on the pro track on Friday, and then Saturday they have a night track down below, and Saturday night we'd race on the night track. And they ran the minis, and the B classes first, or no, the minis and the A classes first, and then the B classes and C classes mm-hmm. later. And so we ran both our motos, and then the, the next group started. And at two o'clock in the morning, they were still racing, and the ambulance was leaving. And it was because all the fireworks, all the injuries from the <laughs> spectators um, getting hurt. Um, uh, so yeah, it was it was it was crazy. That seems to be a common occurrence: is the two o'clock in the morning, just everybody's getting rowdy. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> well, and this year we, were, my wife and I, went over for the MXNations, uh, mm-hmm. and it was when the qualifying races were done. Then they had the the pit bike races on the night track. Yeah, and Ryan Villapoto, and there were several hot shoes that were ex pro riders. Awesome racing it and it was i bet there was thirty thousand people standing around that night track oh i believe it when i was there last year for the pro race i mean i couldn't believe how many people were there i mean it is just a solid wall of people and it's cool because that's that tra- it's so spread out you can go watch the race from several different spots there's really not a bad spot there no no yeah we that's usually nuts. just start at one end of the track and just walk make a big loop and, um watch a little bit of everything so if anybody wanted to watch this on tv because you guys got me curious now is that on like flow racing or anything like that yeah, or yep yep i have tv yep yep i think it's flow now but yeah i think flow bought them out yep yeah i don't know about the nation the nation's race but uh the the nationals the pro nationals mm-hmm. are all televised 
Oh, that's awesome. Because you guys got me wanting to watch now. So oh. that's... <laughs> I I mean, I used to pretty much all throughout high school. I really followed it a lot. And yeah. it is, I, I thought Supercross was cool, but I always just really loved watching the outdoor nationals just because the longer motos, the endurance has to kick in. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just good racing too. But yeah, uh, it's it's one of those things. I never got into that. I was a just like everybody else, and I always wanted to watch the X Games type stuff. So like the just the competitions they would have, like the style competitions mm-hmm. and stuff. I just like watching people do backflips. I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> All in in the ninety four, ninety five, ninety six in that era, uh, the National Arena Cross was going on, and it places like the Vets Auditorium. That was one. Of the, yeah. That was one of the bigger places we raced. Really, and they always had a jumping contest. And I remember Mike Jones from, he was from Pennsylvania. He'd land with no hands, and that was the that was the big that was the big trick of the night. <laughs> oh wow, and, that's awesome! Um, now people wouldn't even look at it with what they're doing. Uh, uh, what these guys do, um, I'm sure you've probably heard of Axel Hodges. Oh yeah, yeah. That dude, like that, has got to be. The best bike control I have ever seen, ever. The stuff he mm-hmm. does on a bike, like, he can't be human. <laughs> yeah, right. No. right. It's crazy. Um, he well, was, pretty... Matter of fact, he was at the Nations doing demonstrations. Oh, really? Uh, on the, they had, it, had it on the start line for a while, and then that night they moved it down to the night track before the pit bike races started. and him and there's a group of them i mean that track he has in his backyard it's so awesome <laughs> right <laughs> which one yeah no kidding there's <laughs> not one back there there's multiple i know it yeah <laughs> man it's like when i was a kid i remember watching travis pastrana do the first backflip and that was like a mind-blowing thing and now mm-hmm. it's just a common thing that they do to warm up it seems like almost right right now there's i don't know who it is but he's doing three yeah yeah um, that's that's freaking nuts i don't know how i don't know if they're doing it in competition yet but i I i've seen video where right doing three of them so i wanted to ask you about red bud uh did you ever hit the larocco's leap twice (laughs) for anybody watching that's like one of the most famous jumps on the circuit and getting to see it in person is insane those bikes they just float like they're in the air so long, it just looks like they're just hovering. It's crazy, and it's it's quite a bit different than it was when I did. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the you would know this. I didn't know it until I was told. The they had the three jumps to the um, off to the right. Okay, about two straightaways, and they moved the. Um, they had an engineer come in. And they tore it all out and then moved that that over and the engineer they got it back the way it was, except for the third jump is great big now. When I when I did it it was a it was a lot smaller jump that you were landing on. I mean it's just crazy. Like, cause you were riding two strokes at the time, right? Yep. yep. What gear did you have to hit that in? Fourth gear. <laughs> Fourth gear wide Ow. open. Yep. Were you on a were you on a two fifty then? Yeah, yeah, two fifty. <laughs> That's nuts. 
you were hauling the mail when you hit oh, that yeah. thing. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy because they have that little rhythm section right before it, and then they kind of go downhill, and you have that sharp left-hand turn, and it's just like straight uphill. Yeah, yeah. And back then, the corner was down to the fence where they've moved with the four strokes and all the power they Mm -hmm. have. They've moved the corner in. Um, So it used to be a little bit bigger of a turn. You had more of of a run for it. Yeah, no, it was it was crazy. <laughs> what was it like when you finally told yourself you were going to hit it for the first time? Well, I was in a qualifying position and got tingled up with a guy, and we went down, and uh, I was mad. <laughs> I figured I'd salvage something out of this deal and uh, come around and hit it, and then the race was over. I thought I had one more lap, and it was fortunate I didn't because it, it ended up I broke the front wheel. <laughs> um, oh, man. The spoke, there, it, where the seam was, it, it had cracked the seam, and then it was pulling the spokes through the, the nipples through the, the rim. Oh, no. Um, oh, wow. So, fortunately, the checkered flag was out because a couple corners and the big downhill, and they'd have just dug a hole and threw me in it. <laughs> Got back, got changed, and was cleaning stuff up, putting it away. And I was power washing the bike off, and I spun the front wheel, and I was like, "Well, that didn't feel right." Then I got to grab a hold of it, and it wiggled back and forth. And <laughs> then that uh, fall, I went back for the fall classic and uh, hit it again. But then later that day, it was they didn't prep; they had good track prep but it wasn't like it was for the national mm-hmm. um, it was dusty and the sun was mm-hmm. in the fall there the sun was right in your eyes as you were headed up the face of it and it just it wasn't a um it was pretty sketchy to do it then. <laughs> i think it's <laughs> sketchy like anytime it. i mean that jump's crazy it's a blind jump like you see the face of it but you have no idea where you're going it's just like looking at the wall yeah <laughs> it's straight up I mean, it's crazy watching them 450s hit it. And obviously the power of them 450s nowadays, it's yeah. nuts. They probably hit it in like third year or something. Yeah. But. Well, <clears throat> back when I, on the 250s, a good 250, I'm going to say was around 50 horsepower. And I think now they're getting mid-70s out of a 450. <laughs> so That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I'm just talking about power to weight ratio, yes. so uh, both times you hit it was that a national show you were running uh the first one was and then the second one they called it the fall classic uh it was the pro-ams uh it wasn't so much a a pro race but they had a series for uh the pro-am writers okay Um, not so much the top-notch pros but the ones Mm -hmm. uh, that were back always and do they have a lot of those pro-am races? Uh, they're in the fall, the classic races. Oh, I think they had seven or eight, maybe. That's but they pretty... were they were spread out, kind of like the nationals are. Okay. How many of those did you run? Did you try to hit I, a lot of them? Or? I just, just Redbud. Just Redbud. That was the only one that was relatively close. Yeah. Um, gotcha. So when was your first pro race? Uh, 93. At Redbud. At Redbud. Nice. Hey, if you're going to go all in, you might as well go to Redbud. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. 
That's actually not that far away from where I live. Redbud, Illinois, or Redbud, Michigan. Michigan, Mich- Michigan, Buchanan, Michigan is where it's nice. at. Just kind of over by South Bend. Um, That's a little farther. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not a bad drive until you get to Chicago. Get yeah, through, get yeah. Through Chicago, I think it was uh, what like five hours from here, roughly. Yeah, yeah roughly five. Yep. Yeah. But, that's a consensus. Anytime you got to go to Chicago, you just go around Chicago as best you can. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yep, man, no. I was meaning to ask you, how many championships did you win like throughout your motocross career? Oh, my. Let's see here. 80, 82, 80, 82 on a 60, 83 on an 80. Uh, let's see here. 87, I won the Illinois State Championship on an 80 and a 125. I won the Triple Crown Series on an 80 and a 125. Wow. Um, see here, I won a couple plus 25 championships. Uh, I won a 125A championship and a 250A championship at one point in there. So you won a fair amount of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I lost track at ten. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what was the what was the triple crown? Uh, it was uh, between Byron, Illinois, uh, Richmond, Illinois, Maplehurst is what they called that place, and Astaland, Lake Mills, Wisconsin. And it was just a small series of, um, between all three tracks. Between all three tracks. Okay, um, that's cool. I mean, any any time you win like a triple crown. Well, and it was, like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So did they, uh, how many races did they do in that little series? Was it? A, I think there was three, maybe in, at each track. So that's a good amount of races. Yeah. But you obviously you had to perform at all three races to get the <laughs> triple yeah. crown championship. Yeah. That's yeah. not easy to do. No, 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 no. Because obviously you're racing with a lot of bikes. So yeah, yeah. no, it was full gates. So there was 40, a full gate would be 40 riders wow, that's crazy. over, over in Illinois. And it, even in Wisconsin, it was always uh full gates. I can remember in like the B and the C classes, mm-hmm. there'd be, there was always three, like say 125 C, there was always three gates of 125 C wow. and there was two or three of uh 125 B's. And then there was always a full gate of A riders. That is a lot of riders. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just wow. Yeah. That are there still that many riders like that go today on average that go do this? I'm that I can't tell you. What little I've uh, raced the last few years, uh, no. But I'm not sure what it's like over in Illinois. Hmm. If, if the rider count has dropped off there, I that I I, I don't know. The rising cost of everything always gets me curious about that kind of stuff, just because mm-hmm. it seems like it's pricing numerous people out, and it doesn't matter what form of racing it's in, whether it's motocross, dirt track, NASCAR, like right. just the latter. Well, the um, let's see here. I seen a price on a new uh, sixty, and it's the price of what I paid for my last two fifty. That's nuts. Yeah, so it's like forty eight <laughs> forty eight hundred bucks for a new YZ sixty, and uh, that's nuts. I paid forty eight hundred dollars for my last 
my last 250. <laughs> it sure don't take long for those prices to go up. No. <laughs> no, no, no. A guy could have a 125 and a 250 and get all his mod work done, suspension mm-hmm. and motor, and uh, yeah. have less in, in those two bikes than you do a new 450 today. That's crazy. It's just like with everything else, though. It seems like in the past 10 years, it's just gone up dramatically in every racing series. Man. So with the pro stuff, when you first, when you did your first pro race, uh, did you run several on the circuit or did you just do one or? I, well, that year I just raced one, um, went out for practice and I remember the first lap, Jeff Emick jumped over my head in the mud (laughs) and, uh, I figured, I'm going to have to figure out how to go a little faster to, uh-huh. to even be out here because I'm in the, I'm in the way. Um, and as it dried out a little bit in that first practice session, um, I got to hitting all the jumps mm-hmm. and, uh, went out for the second practice and a couple guys got tangled up in front of me. I just kind of jumped off to the outside there and puttered around them and got cross rutted when I did it. And I was probably going, walking speed and i just tipped over and uh tore all the ligaments in my wrist and dislocated seven out of the eight bones so i was done oh no that was your first one uh that'd been i guess my first one was the indianapolis supercross okay um as far as a pro race my first outdoor race was that one okay um and i crashed it at the supercross uh didn't had a skid plate the, mm-hmm. the factory skid plates covered the brake pedal and I went up the face mm-hmm. of a jump that was right out of a corner and it packed the rear brake full of mud and I did an endo and oh no that ended my day that was Indianapolis Yikes. yeah man. man so is that like the worst accident you had been in in motocross or was there any worse like broken bones or anything like that uh never broke a bone uh tore blew my knee out I would have been 90, so it had been the year I graduated for the ACL and MCL. Got those replaced. And then ninety that was 90, 93, I did my wrist. And then I dislocated my shoulder in 90, 96, maybe. Um, and then I re-blew my knee out uh, in 2012. That's nuts. That's just a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was I was one of the fortunate ones. I knew I had several friends that have broke multiple bones. Um, right. Yeah, in fact, I had one friend broke both femurs at the same time. Oh, oh man, that made me cringe a little. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I always just... said, if I broke my femur, I was going to quit. I wasn't. I was done. Yeah, that's a hard one to come back from. But as a matter of fact, today. To this day, he's still racing. Really? Yep. He's he broke them, and then God. Well, last summer he uh, went down and ruptured his spleen, and they had to take his spleen out. (laughs) Right now, he's in Florida at the Mini Olympics racing. Oh man, that's crazy. That's a tough guy. Yeah, like (laughs) tough or not too smart. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that could be a combination. Right. It's called being too stupid to quit, man. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, I was joking with him at the nations at the nations race when I run into him. 
That's Love awesome. Man, so I want to hear more about your uh your supercross stuff. The supercross is pretty cool. I know you got to obviously it was the pro stuff, so you got to race some pretty big names, mm-hmm. but uh so how many supercross races did you run? Did you try to run just the local ones or do you try to hit uh, quite a few or Indianapolis, I raced that one a couple times. Uh, Minneapolis from, let's see here, I don't remember what year they started racing up there. Uh, but I raced every one that I was racing at when I was still racing. Uh, so it would have been, say, 95 <laughs> to, I think, 98 was the last one I raced there. And then uh, St. Louis, I went to St. Louis several times and raced nice. that one. Because uh, I think you've shown me the picture before, but you have a picture at the gate next to Brian Deegan, don't you? Yeah, 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 oh yeah, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> and he was just, he was just one of the boys. Um, yeah. I, we knew, I didn't know him real well, but I did know him. He was from Nebraska. Really, his dad was a, as I recall, a, a principal, high school principal. Really, there, and he come to Hawkeye Downs when he was before he got his pro, before he was old enough to even be a pro. Uh, he come to Hawkeye Downs and race, not a lot, but he would. They'd come. That's awesome. That's it's such a small world that I know. kind of stuff just blows my mind. Well, look how much we've talked about Hawkeye Downs <laughs> in the last three episodes, and. Brian Deegan race yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Evidently yeah. we need to go to see who the next future stars are going to be. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, the motocross track at Hawkeye Downs is gone now. Yeah. 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 It is. But yeah, no Deegan, he, uh, him and Chad Pedersen were teammates. Uh, okay. Rode for Atomic 22 for a while. Um, Jamie Gifford. Uh, yeah. Was the money behind that. And, uh, then, can't say his first name, but Hickman is the one who did all the titanium oh, parts okay. for him and so forth. Hmm. In Des Moines. That's cool. That's awesome. What was your uh, what was your best finish at Supercross? Ah, uh, I qualified for the the night show. I didn't make the main, but I I could a few times there I qualified to be on the TV. Sh- oh, show. okay. So there'd be like 140 bikes, 100 anywhere from 100 to 140 bikes qualifying for 30 spots so would that put you in like the lcq uh put me in the heats in the heats okay you'd start out at the heats and then go to the lcq that's cool so what is Um, what is the lcq for people that don't know uh the last chance qualifier okay and they usually took two so it was you basically had full hole shot or um you weren't going to come from very far back in four laps to to get qualified that's just crazy. So just out of curiosity, is there any other like notable names that you would have raced against other than Brian Deegan? Uh, Mike LaRocco, uh, race sixties with him. Um, matter of fact, I beat him at, in Reedsville, North Carolina. Nice. Ha. Um, win. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Chad Pedersen. Uh, I remember when he started, uh, would have been 84 right in there um remember i was let's see there was two of the the older kids moving out of the 80 seniors and 
because Kurt Leakey and I were going to be the next two older boy, older guys in there. And I was still, I was still, I still could have rode 80 junior. Um, but dad moved me up and, uh, I thought the next year it'd be between Kurt and I, who was going to win the championship. And, uh, as Chad had raced a few of the 80 senior races there right at the end. And, um, he wasn't even a, a factor, but then that year, that winter, they went to Florida and California and basically spent the whole winter out there. And when he came back, he, he showed us who was boss. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he went on to ride for uh, Mitch Payton uh, at Pro Circuit. Um, oh, wow. Which was um, a big team then. Still is a big team. Oh, yeah. Really I know cool. you said Jeff Emig earlier. Yeah, I raced with Jeff Emig. He was from Missouri. Yeah. Okay. Um, raced first time I raced Jeff was at I seventy. Really? Yep. Yep. That's they awesome. A, they had a motocross track there at the stock car track, mm-hmm. and we started in between three and four, and you went up the banking, and then headed down the front straightaway. Oh, you no went way. all the way down the front straightaway, and then you went down in the infield and messed around down in the infield down in one and two and then back up in between one and two and all the way down the back straight away. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. You know, <laughs> they just, I never... they just reopened I-70. Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah. And I had heard stories from Roger that the wall, you know, what it, the wall wasn't very tall mm-hmm. and the, instead of the wall being angled in, it was angled out. And that's so when the, the cars get, would get into it, it would, the cars would exit the racetrack. So they didn't come back down across. That's crazy. Um, and it, <laughs> wow. And that, and that track had been pavement, dirt, pavement, dirt. Because mm-hmm. I know we were down at, down in the one end, we were getting down to the pavement. Really? Um, That's interesting. Um, yeah. No. It, A lot of those tracks go through transitions like that all the time. It seems yeah, like they'll go from right. dirt to pavement. It just depends on what the owners want to do or if they're trying to revamp the track and build excitement or kind of what's happening. Things get a little stagnant, and it's time for a change. And mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, so, what uh, was your favorite track to go to overall? Oh my! I would say Columbia, Missouri, at Finger Lakes State Park. I always that was one one of the tracks that stuck out that I always I always liked to go there. It's a fun place. Yeah. I've been there once, like just down and seen where it was at. It's it looked like it'd be fun. Yep, yep. I don't know how it is today. I think there, as far as I know, they're still racing today, but I don't know what's what's going on. We used to go there for the early bird shootout in the spring, and then we go there for the um, hot dog shootout in the fall. Oh, that was always that was always a fun weekend. It sounds like it would be. It'd be a lot of fun. So, for the outdoors pro stuff, you obviously you ran Red Bud, and you ran up at Millville too, didn't you? Yes, yep, yep. First time I raced Millville was 1981. Really? Yep. Man, that that's another yeah. cool place I'd like to go to. Yep, yep. No, that that, and then uh, I've never. It was ne- wasn't open when I raced, but uh, Iron Man at uh, Crawfordsville. Yeah. Yes. That's a really, really nice place. I bet. Man, what was Millville like back then? Uh, 
sandy and rough. <laughs> the back or the, the sand booths were, and then it's it's changed a lot over the years. But um, uh, it's some of the stuff is still the back section, the very back corner is the still about the same as when I ran it. That's cool. Um, but the uphill, there was a big uphill double after the sand whoops. That's cha- that's had several changes to it over the years. And then now they've got them running up that the, the one hill, which was yeah. all trees. And by the finish, uh, I think 96, they cleared all the trees out by the finish. And they okay. turned that into seeding. Okay. Um, whereas before that was all woods, you could couldn't even get back in there. Huh. Yeah. So are those the those the two main outdoor nationals yeah, that those you ran? Were, those were the two that I ran. Those were the the two closest. Mm-hmm. Everything else was a long ways away. Yeah. Um, well, you could go coast to coast, but that's right, with anything. Right. Yeah. But I think Pennsylvania would have been. I think that would have been the next closest back then. Um, wow. Okay go to Steel City, um, and so forth. They always had two of them there. Um, That'd be pretty neat. Oh, yeah. I, I just any, I would just love to go back to, like, the 70s and 80s and just witness all the racing. Same. All the Yes. All the motocross and supercross stuff, all the NASCAR stuff, all the old, yep. like, dirt late models and the sprint cars, just everything. I would love to go back and see it. Right. Well, even all the old asphalt tracks too, just because oh, yeah. there's not many of them left, it seems like. But that's just nuts. So speaking of cars, when did you uh, make the transition from motocross to dirt track racing? Uh, two thousand. Uh, I tore my rotator cuff, and uh, that spring at the St. Louis Supercross, and. Uh, sat out most of the summer uh, and then towards the end there i i raced the last oh 10 or so races and i just decided at that point it was it was no longer fun it was work mm-hmm. oh. and uh i remember telling dad that i this it isn't as much fun as it used to be and shortly after that he sold the the enclosed trailer and um i wasn't going back to the back pickup after having that trailer and so i find that was that was the big deciding factor i was done and so then i bought a hobby stock or a stock car and um, that's awesome started racing cars that's too cool so what what kind of cars did you start out in uh the stock car class um which is kind of similar to a hobby stock okay um we could have screw jacks and so forth now, did you just stick around like the Iowa area? Yeah, I guess yeah, doing that. Yep. Um, Tipton, West Liberty, Dubuque, and Farley. Um, started out at Tipton, raced there just a little bit, and then went to Dubuque uh, and raced there some, and then Farley there at the end of my first year I was racing Farley and Dubuque. Back I got to ask, is, has it always been Dubuque? I've always called it Dubois, so I've been saying it wrong the entire time. Yep, it's yeah. Dubuque. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm sure a whole lot of other people didn't either. <laughs> yep, it's Dubuque. <laughs> yeah. So 
So how long did you run the stock car? Uh, stock car, I ran the stock car class four years and then moved up to the modifieds. Did you go right to A mods or did you go to B mods first? I dabbled in the B mods where, let's see here, I could go to Dubuque and run the B mods. Uh, West Liberty did not have B mods. Okay. And so I'd put a four barrel carburetor on and run with the A mods there and then, uh, take the four barrel off and put a two barrel on and go to Dubuque on Sunday night. So that'd be like late 2000s then? uh 2005 2005 okay so mid 2000s yeah oh wow then you uh then you when did you make the full switch to the a mods uh 2006 2006 okay and then you ran that pretty much up until a few years ago uh 2017 okay oh wow man that's just a long time racing overall like yeah yeah you're well, talking from what 80 something to 2017 1977 is when i started racing bicycles and so from 1977 up until 2017 other than 93 when i did my wrist and 99 when i hurt my shoulder i raced every weekend <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> of racing yes, it is. <laughs> Kudos to you. That's commitment right there. Cause like it's, it's work other yep. than just, we make it sound fun, but it's work like nights oh, after yeah. you get off work during the week and then packing up to go racing on the weekends. It's another job in and of itself. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and then so you're 94, 95, 96, and a little bit 97. I'd race, race the arena cross series along with the two, the two super crosses I'd race a year. Um, that started in Des Moines, then it, let's see here, then that first year it went to Peoria, and then to Rockford, and then we were off for the holidays, and then I didn't go to Oklahoma, or I didn't go to Texas, but I'd go to Guthrie, Oklahoma, and then Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the Mecca Center, and then, uh, it did end in Denver, Colorado. Um, we go. I went to Denver twice to do that to race that one. That is a lot of windshield time. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it wasn't Ooh. two years. It was here the first year we went to to Denver. I swore I'd never go back because I was pretty sure the road didn't get there from here. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the next year I didn't go, but then by the next year I forgot all about that. Mm. Uh, jumped in and a couple buddies went with me and away we went so how'd uh how'd you do in the arena cross stuff um i could get qualified um at a lot of them not all of them but I could, mm-hmm. it was basically there was say 50 bikes trying to qualify for 14 spots that's pretty um, good wow uh but if if i qualified I didn't have to drive home Saturday night. If I didn't qualify, um, I had to drive home Saturday night because I didn't have enough, enough money to get a motel room. <laughs> so that's how we. That kind of sparked a story that I think you told me once upon a time. Don't you have a story that uh, you were traveling somewhere racing bikes and you did you move your bike into the hotel room and you worked on it in your hotel room? Oh yeah, I did that all the time. You had to, you had to get a a red roof in and you had to say somebody was whoever me or whoever 
that was renting the room mm-hmm. uh couldn't get up and down stairs um <laughs> and that was the easiest because the doors opened they had individual doors to the rooms and we uh-huh. could open up the the door and wheel the bike in um i know the first rate would have been the first supercross my wife went to with me uh we were dating at the time and she did she had no clue what what to expect she'd never, mm-hmm. never been to one and we got to the motel there in indianapolis and went in and got the room and uh the there was a security guard there and he goes what are you going to do with that bike and i said well i'm going to sleep with it well, what do you think i'm going to do and, and the the desk clerk and the security guard they laughed and so forth and so we went put everything in the room and came back and asked if there was a place to get something to eat and the security guard looks out and goes, you weren't kidding. You weren't going to sleep with that. And I go, well, if I leave it in the back of the truck, would, would it be there in the morning? He goes, oh, no, no, it would definitely be gone. <laughs> it's like, so well, the clerk was laughing, but he uh, was having a hard time laughing about it. <laughs> well, I'm sure, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Right. Well, and then like Minneapolis at the, in the Supercross there, that was in January. Right. And it was always, oh, it was always so cold. Mm-hmm. And I can oh, remember sure. people trying to mix gas and they dump the oil in and it was a glob of oil. And when they shake the gas, the glob of oil was just going from side to side. It wouldn't mix. Oh, and so we, we were mixing the gas in the motel room um, <laughs> oh, where man. it was warm um, and leaving the gas can inside in, in, the, in the room overnight. And then we'd put it inside the truck on the way to the track and then they had a little area blocked off that wasn't quite as cold that we could put the gas they wouldn't let us take it in the arena but um they, there was an area there where you could put it that it wasn't mm. just bitter bitter cold <laughs> those Crazy. are the stories we love to hear <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah well and then there was one a friend of mine he uh it was in Oklahoma and Honda had a recall on the front forks and he had a problem. We were in Guthrie and I don't know if he went or a buddy of his went into Oklahoma City and got, they had the, the mm-hmm. Honda shop had the parts mm-hmm. and came back and uh, I got up the next morning and went over to see how they were doing and they had towels down on the, on top of the bed and they were taking the forks apart and there's always about a Oh, half a couple uh, oil left over inside there, and it was Molly, this Molly oil. And uh, when he banged the fork tube apart, it went all over the towel and the bedspread and everything. <laughs> and I walked in and I said, "Well, we're not staying here tonight, are we?" <laughs> and uh, I think we got all done, and they grabbed the towels and threw the towels in his, his box van, and then flipped the bedspread over. And I just shook my head. And fortunately, I, w- I was. We were together, but we were separate. Yep. I, right. I just walked away laughing. <laughs> um, yeah, you can't uh, quite do that with a race car. It won't quite no, fit in the room. No, no, <laughs> no. But yeah, no. Any time in the winter time when we raced, it was. Mm-hmm. It always went in the room with me. Well, I can't say I blame you. <laughs> no, yeah. that's something I'd never thought about either. Like just talking about this, how. <laughs> you guys racing in the winter time and how cold it gets, especially if you're in like Michigan, Minnesota, stuff like that. 
like you said, you got to do what you got to do. Make right. it work. Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> no, all that time it was so cold in Minnesota. Uh, I had bought a tunnel cover for my truck and I took the handlebars off and laid the bike down in the back of the truck. So it wasn't up in the mm-hmm. air there. And then when we got there, I just thumb screwed the handlebars on until we got inside the arena. And I remember there at the Metrodome, the old Metrodome, mm-hmm. uh, there's two overhead doors and you can't have both overhead doors open at the same time because the roof will come down. Yeah. Um, so they let us in the first door and there's a whole, there's, I don't know, six or seven of us coasting down the uh, ramp. And my buddy had the toolbox and my stand in in each hand. And I had my gear bag straddled across the, the gas tank and we're coasting down in there and didn't realize that it was so cold the brakes wouldn't work. Oh, and no. That over, oh, the overhead door was just starting to go up. And we weren't sure we were going to get there in time. And everybody ducked their head and went underneath just got underneath the door and we oh my all gosh. got stopped out on the on the start line there um because nobody's brakes or the ones that came in a truck uh mm-hmm. did, brakes didn't work <laughs> that is so crazy hang on yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah that the motocross stuff i've always been fascinated by it i mean that's that's where I first got my first introduction to riding a motorized vehicle. My dad got me one when I was mm-hmm. three years old. So I've just, I've always had one up until the last few years. And I just, I always have been fascinated by them. I always loved watching it and getting to know people that actually ran and some of the pro stuff that <laughs> it's just so cool. Yeah. hundred percent. I've only ever driven like a, 50 and then a 125 for a couple minutes but nothing like we've never had bikes or anything like that so this kind of stuff always fascinates me too yeah there was a one time i actually ran the jones county fair race and i actually borrowed a pair of boots from dan (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that yeah i didn't have any boots and i really wanted to race and i don't remember how we ended up making it work but i I think i borrowed your boots and your chest protector and (laughs) went over and raced and i did absolutely terrible but (laughs) i had a blast well yeah it's all that matters yeah. you just oh, yeah. run <laughs> yeah that's you get into it and get serious then it becomes work yeah and i mean i yeah. i didn't i didn't get super competitive with it i just i ran hawkeye downs a few times and i ran the fair race a few times we ran that indoor race but i was to the point where i knew if i really pushed on it i could probably make something work with it but I was also kind of going through a growth spurt at the time. And I was like, I'm getting to be way too big to be doing this. <laughs> Cause you gotta be a, you gotta be a fairly small guy to be super competitive in it. Cause if you're just a bigger guy, it just, you hit the ground a lot harder. Right. 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 Yeah. No, there's a few guys, right. Um, David Bailey, he was six foot, a little over six foot. And then there was Mike Bell. I think he was, God, he was six, five. I think he was oh, wow. him too tall bell. Um, that's he crazy. Was, he, he was huge. Um, yeah, no, gotta be a little taller than I am, but uh, uh, small, smaller helps. Yeah, but yeah, it it gave me something to do while we weren't racing the cars, and then I was like, yeah, I, I actually I got landed on at Hawkeye Downs. Oof. 
That was the first and last time I ever rode the C class at Hawkeye Downs. Oh. <laughs> I was doing pretty good. I was probably I was probably top ten and I hit the I hit the double that was right next to the lane that drove in to the track. Like oh. if you're going back towards the pits of the racetrack, yeah, yeah. that double that was right there on the side. I hit that and as soon as I landed next thing I know, I felt something hit my shoulder and this guy's wheel was like right next to my face. And we oh, went wow. down and bent my bars. I had to fly to Australia the next week to play football. So I'm like, yeah, oh. I should probably be careful. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But I never <laughs> rode the C-Class again. That was, it can be kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was never in the C-Class. I rode the B-Class just a little bit. And then I mainly, when they offered the 125 Junior Class, mm-hmm. um, I'd ride that class. 125s, I think, is probably my favorite bike. They're just, they're a good size. They got good power mm-hmm. and they just, they put on really good shows too. Yeah. Yeah. I always, yeah. I wish I would have, if I would have started younger, I would have definitely have loved to race the 125s, but. Oh, yeah. I was just bored and needed to race something. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so we can kind of jump back to your, uh, the stock car stuff. Uh, you were always pretty fast. I always enjoyed racing with you. You guys were always towards the front and always raced super clean. And I always respected that and loved racing with you. But, uh, how did, uh, how'd you do with the modifieds? I know you, you won a few races and. Yeah. Um, it took me a while to get onto the modifieds. They were. They're pretty, they're a beast. Yep. Yeah, um, I, it took me a long time to get comfortable in one. Uh, the stock car class, I I got, oh, I think I won my first race the second year. My second nice. year. And then I didn't. Then, oh, that was a one. Then in 03, I won four at West Liberty. And then oh four I won eight at West Liberty in the stock car. And then the modified, uh, I won some heats at Tipton in the mm-hmm. modified. I never did get a feature win at Tipton. And then I won. I won a few features at Columbus Junction. Columbus Junction was awesome. I love that place. I hope we get to race there a bunch next year. I yeah. always really liked that track. But uh, we actually, when I first started racing cars, uh, we actually pitted next to each other every weekend down at Tipton. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, one of your crew guys, Jamie Camberling, is actually the one that got me convinced to transfer to Lisbon to go to school there. He would nag me about it every single week. So, you, did you sign the papers? Uh, did you fill all that stuff out to come over to Lisbon and wrestle for me? And <laughs> he finally got me convinced to come to Lisbon. And then the I came to Lisbon in eighth grade, and then I was going to wrestle for him because he was the high school coach. And as yeah. soon as I become a freshman, he quit coaching. I was like, "Dude, come on! <laughs> <laughs> what the heck?" He bugged me about it for like three summers, every Friday night at Tipton. At some point throughout the night, he would ask me, hey, you coming to Lisbon yet? <laughs> I'm working on it, man. I'm trying to race right now, though. <laughs> <laughs> got more important things to think about. But, right? No, I I had a blast. All them all those years we raced down at Tipton, pitting next to yeah. you. I mean, we had a lot of good races together. And obviously, Ryan, he was just a couple stalls down from us. And we had a pretty good little crew going. And we'd bounce back and forth between Tipton and West Liberty. and I just, I really enjoyed those first few years and 
I really appreciate all the respect that you guys gave to me because obviously I was a pretty young kid when I first started racing and I always I tried to make sure that I wasn't driving like a bonehead and just trying to right. keep my nose clean and try and get better but you guys always race me very clean and I I really do appreciate yeah. that. Well, it's, I enjoyed working on the car. I did not enjoy fixing the car. So. Yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> Two totally different things. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because uh, uh, when Tipton quit running weekly and West Liberty quit running weekly, did you run a little bit of the IMCA stuff? No, I never did get into the IMCA. Uh, you just went to Columbus Junction? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I don't even remember what year it was. Let's see. 2012, 12 or 13, I raced Tipton, mm-hmm. and then that next year, uh, they're going to IMCA-type rules. Yep, I remember that. And uh, I wasn't switching. I, I, yeah. What was I going to do with the stuff I had? It, right. Nobody, nobody wanted it, and uh, the stuff I had wasn't wore out. It was, mm-hmm. I had a lot of good stuff, and. I was just going to throw it under the bench and go buy the, the a part that did the same thing that wasn't any better than what I had, but it was IMCA legal. So, yeah, and I mean, that's kind of where we were at on that deal, too. That's why we decided to go the late model route is because it's like we got these open cars. There's, it would cost a lot to switch over to IMCA, and we just right. it wasn't worth it to us at no, the time. No, and so I went to Columbus Junction and raced there for three years, and I remember the the awards banquet, one of the fair board members was asking several of us uh, what the most expensive part of racing was. And everybody had their own little thing of what was the most uh-huh. expensive part. And I just said, rule changes. <laughs> well, it's a fact. <laughs> and he looked at me kind of funny and thought about it. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, we're going to have to think about what we're, what, you know, we're going to have to do a little more thinking about what we're, planning on doing for next year mm-hmm. and i looked at him he goes well they're talking about going imca type rules not so much sanction but mm-hmm. using their rules and i said well count me out right sure enough the next year they went imca type rules yep oh and man um, that class was so much fun yeah i mean yeah. we would between tipton and west liberty we'd have like 24 to like 26 cars every night oh yes yes and yeah. the races were good there wasn't People weren't getting all wadded up, and I mean, it was just a really fun class. It was a it was a shame to see it go away. Right. Yeah, and so then when Columbus Junction went to that rule, then I went to Mason City and raced there for a year, and then by then I was buying the shop or taking the shop over and yeah, so forth. And to run a business and race, I wasn't doing either one of them any any justice, and so mm-hmm. I had to pick. Yeah, that's tough. And speaking of your business, is that what is that what you've always done? Is yeah. work down there? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So explain a little bit about what your business is and what you do. Uh, my dad started D and D Body Shop back in 1959. Oh wow! Uh, and then him and he had a partner, Don Smith, and they were partners for oh two three years, I believe. And then Don, dad bought Don out, and Don went to Allen. Allen's Body Shop there in Cedar Rapids. Okay. 
and managed that. And then dad was, was there ever since. And then in, uh, 1990 after i graduated i i worked in there a little bit in the summertime mm-hmm. in between things not anything steady um and then after i graduated it i went worked it worked there ever since that's awesome oh wow it's so still in the original shop body, right still in the original shop that's cool my great-grandfather built that building really yep. that's awesome yeah, whenever you come That's, up here, Eric, I'll have to take you down there. He's uh, His shop's like a block and a half from my house here. So, Oh, that's awesome. You still have your modified, too, don't you? Nope. I sold it last spring. Did you really? Yep. Man. Oh. I got a transmission <laughs> left, and that's about it. <laughs> that's crazy. You still have a bike? Yes. Yep. Do you? Yep. yep. Still your uh, KX250? Yep. Yep. Nice. You get it out much? I uh, have not in the last two years. You going to get it out again? I hope so. <laughs> I look at it a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, no, I need to get it out and get it cleaned up. And I, I see I got a fork seal leaking in it, so I got to change fork seals. And I should uh, change the oil in the rear shock. A little bit of maintenance to do. To you just going to do just some little bit of riding around, or are you going to try and race a little bit, or um, what's your plans there? I don't know chances are i'll probably um if i ride i'll go to a race to ride because then the track's prepped right and so forth um there's a place uh south of town here oh 10 15 miles yeah 600 acres 600 acres they've did a lot of work out there i may go out there and ride i've never had much luck riding out there seems like some stupid little thing happens yeah (laughs) i uh i've I used to ride down there several times a week. We, I would bring my bike to school and then me and a couple of buddies would go down there after school. And it just, I wish they maintenance did a little bit more. They're maintenance in it now. There's a guy by the name of Craig Hayda. Okay. And he, he goes down and he does as much they, as he can. They were the same uh, group that maintenance talk downs, right? Oh, uh, that all, I don't, that I don't know. Was it all Cedar Valley trail riders? No, Cedar. I don't think Cedar Valley. I think some of the same people. Okay. There's, they've got I a gotcha. name. They've got a name, another name for them, and I'm not sure what they, what that is. I, uh, I just went down there not too long ago, and I saw that they had a new building up. Yep, yep. They're, they've got a skid loader and some stuff. Nice. Do some maintenance out there. It's, it's a lot nicer than it was when I was riding. Out there. Yeah, and even when I rode there in high school, I mean, it was, you pretty much chewed up a new tire every time you went yeah, out there. Yeah. <laughs> the sand track was my favorite. I loved the sand track yeah, in the back. Yeah. That was so much fun. Right. It's I know it's a lot different because um when I was riding there there was they've got it blocked off so the the trucks and right. stuff can't get back in yep. there. Uh whereas before that was mm-hmm. you could run into a truck if you weren't yeah. careful. Um and I can remember there was a track way in the back. This would have been in late 80s early back 90s. before it got flooded right late 80s early 90s um i was with a buddy and we were riding and he took off on this tra- this little track in the back and it was narrow and tall mm. weeds and all of a sudden here come a four-wheeler coming the other direction <laughs> and they both skidded in the tall grass and the one was yelling that the 
track goes this way and the other one says no it goes this way and <laughs> I, i'm like well seems how nobody knows for sure i'm going back the front there where it's a little safer <laughs> right <laughs> yeah That's that place wild. it used to be a true 600 acres now it's probably like 200 maybe yeah it's yeah. not real big anymore no, the no. flood of 08 pretty much wiped that out right oh wow but, i think they even had less i think it they had cut it back considerably even before, before that before that had they um, it was always yeah. a fun place to go and obviously going to school in lisbon it's 15 minutes from here oh, yeah. so yeah it's about the only option you had right right yeah it is um so if you get out and race your bike again, uh, where are you going to go? Uh, I'll either go to Cattle Congress in Waterloo or uh, I'd like to go over to Byron. I used, mm-hmm. used to race a lot at Byron over in Illinois. It's not too terribly far That'd be away. cool. I never got to race at Cattle Congress, but actually the McElroy Auditorium that's right oh, there. Yeah. Yep. We used to race Coke syrup go-karts in there every okay. year, every winter. Yep. We used to spend every winter up there, and there was, I don't remember how many races the so-called series would have been, but we used to always race right there, and I wanted to race the bike out there. It just never ended up happening. Yeah, no, and speaking of Coke syrup, I raced at Five Seasons Center on Coke syrup really put flat track tires on and uh <laughs> took motorcycle straps and tied the lowered the bike down mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple of us that did that and those old 600 rotac harleys they uh they were pretty nice in the heat race uh but come main the main they were they weren't nice anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> they pretty much just booted us yeah those big heavy bikes i remember they could get inside get inside you and they take their handlebars and the front wheel and just kind of hit your back wheel and just go like this they were <laughs> over on the foot peg so they were uh-huh. solid yeah they just kind of wiggle you right out of the way oh wow next thing you know you were headed back and i was like yeah it's not safe out here anymore no <laughs> well and when we ran the carts in there they actually they raced golf carts in there and oh. they had uh they had bikes too i think they had an adult and a junior class and then they had a mini bike class and i actually a friend of ours had a couple mini bikes little pit bikes that he had actually set up for coke syrup racing and i ran a few races for him doing that i ended up winning one of them but i got some buddies to go up there and i mean these little coke syrup tracks are tiny oh yes like this uh mcelroy auditorium that we raced at it's a old hockey rink Oh, what the heck? And they would take Coke syrup, like the syrup that they make Coca-Cola with. They would go yeah. out there with like spray cans and they would just spray the floor and they'd make a track out of it. Super, super sticky. And it's incredibly fast. Like we're turning like four second laps. That's insane. <laughs> what the heck? But it gave us something to do in the winter and it, it was fun, but it can be brutal. I definitely yeah. had way more fun flat track and the bikes on coke syrup than i did race in the carts <laughs> the carts was like you would it was extreme i mean when you're in a go-kart doing like four seconds laps it's a bit extreme that's like whiplash you yeah. don't even realize what's happening you're just and we actually <laughs> we did it once down there at the uh, five season center too with the uh, monster trucks there they would move all the cars and stuff out of the way and they had the coke syrup track and we do that and 
that was pretty sketchy in there. We were way too dang fast for that. <laughs> I remember in That's... would have been '88, I believe, they had a motocross track at the five, and what they it was wasn't much of a motocross, but they had a mud run in the center, and then they had a motocross track around the outside. Oh, really? And uh, I remember Dad, where the pits were. Dad was looking in there, and uh, one of the mud runners, the throttle stuck. Oh no! And oh. the guy, they had a guy standing by the overhead door, mm-hmm. hitting the button in case they needed. Mm-hmm. And the guy was had his finger, and he was just as fast as he could. He was pushing that open button. <laughs> Dad goes, "Oh." You push it once, it's, pushing it more isn't going to get it up any faster. <laughs> and the, the guy ended up going out, the, tore the bottom uh, row of the door off, tore his blower off, and turned and got stopped just before he got onto First Avenue. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I can't believe they put mud runners in there. Oh, yeah. It was just They just burped and they were done. They'd go skidding through the, they'd go skidding through the first door opening. And they were always getting stopped before the second, but that that one guy, the throttle stuck. And he was still hell bent for election when he got oh, the man. <laughs> well, and I mean, the five season center, it's it's just like a arena, like where they have concerts and stuff. So I mean, it's no bigger oh, really? than like the size of a basketball court. But they would have monster trucks there. Yeah. They used to have them there every year. They would have a like freestyle motocross guys there, yeah. and obviously they put mud runners in there. That's nuts that's all that was the only time i remember remember them doing that but they had a little series that year that we raced cedar rapids and we went to des moines and then we went to peoria yeah down to vets yep down to vets that was was actually the biggest out of all the arena cross stuff other than guthrie oklahoma Mm -hmm. that was at the lazy e arena that was huge but as far as the arena cross stuff uh the vets was the biggest the biggest place we raced in and I thought that one the first time I was there, I was like, I don't even know how are you gonna race in here. Is this right. is really small, but um like I say, it ended up being that was the biggest the biggest arena we raced in. Yeah, and it was cool. Um we actually ran a Coke syrup go kart race in there once. It was bad, really bad. I actually Yikes. got ran over <laughs> by one of my buddies. We were in this race <laughs> and these people wrecked in front of me and there's nowhere to go. I mean, you're doing four second laps. So, yeah. I mean, you come to a screeching halt instantly and my buddy drove over my left rear tire and drove straight over top of me. His cart went completely over top of me, but wow. I mean, it was, that was a disaster, disaster of an event, but to get to race in there was really cool because I was obviously a very famous state for the sport of wrestling. Yeah. And that's where the Iowa State Tournament used to be. Very historic venue. My dad actually won his state title there. My uncle was a very phenomenal wrestler as well. He didn't. He obviously didn't get the opportunity to win a state championship, but he was on the podium there. So getting to race in that same building that they won wrestling matches in, because that's a big deal here, that was really cool. And obviously they had arena cross there, so... It's pretty cool, and they just they turn that whole arena into like office space now. What the heck? So they, they ruined it. Yeah, well, they <laughs> built a new one. Yeah, beside they, it. Yeah, they built Wells Fargo Arena. It's much bigger, but it's not near as historic. That's just crazy. You guys had all <laughs> kinds of cool stuff up there to figure out how to race in. That's just amazing. 
<laughs> well, you guys Wait. got the dome dome there at St. Louis. Yes. Yeah. That's quite, That's actually coming up was, dirt uh the, the Dirt Nationals are yep. in a week or so. Yeah, I was going to say next weekend, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about going. It should be pretty exciting. I've never been, and I've wanted to go for a while, so I'm thinking about going. I think the Modifieds are probably the best show. It's just a hair too small for late models. I mean, you got mm-hmm. guys like Shannon Babb who just puts it on the wall all the way around, and Hot Laps, right. he'll rip the spoiler off. I mean, that's he does it every year. But uh, actually, when they had the midgets there the first year when Larson won it, but that's when all the big name guys were there. Yeah, it was insane. That race was so good. But then last year was a complete bust. They had like, I don't know, 15 midgets, maybe. Oh, man. And they're not having them this year, I don't think. I don't know what the lineup is. I haven't looked at it. I think it's just late models and modifieds. It's still a really cool event. But uh, yeah, it's definitely worth going to it's a different it's a definitely a different kind of race yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you better be ready to do some body work right, <laughs> right? Well, that indoor stuff is always intense yes mm-hmm. yep. well the supercross wasn't so bad but the arena cross uh you learned you learned how to make people traction or you were gonna be traction yeah they were gonna park you um just how you did it mm-hmm. when they're taking that's an itch taking two riders out of a heat and right so forth uh you had to get downright aggressive or you weren't gonna make it <laughs> yeah i haven't heard that term before you had to make people traction otherwise you were gonna become traction right. <laughs> that's awesome yep <laughs> but yeah st louis that's actually the first supercross race i went to and that was really? cool that was really yeah. cool the yeah. dome puts on a good supercross race. I love yep. it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that one you can actually, well, the stock cars are fitted inside. Yeah, they're all um, under the grandstands, kind of in the. There's it's, a back. There's yeah. A back area there. Yep. 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 But to get on the track, they have to go out the doors by the convention center, down the mm-hmm. street, and then into the into the yeah into yeah. the stadium, which yep. is yeah. cool. Right, we were able to push our bikes down the, <laughs> right. down the hallway, and we didn't have to go outside. Oh. Right, but they get their trailers in there too, yeah. so yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, that's it's, that's changed because the the factory teams parked the semis in there when I raced there, but the there wasn't enough room for everybody to park inside. Mm-hmm. And now, now they've they must have added on or something because right. they get all the trailers. They, they get a the ton time. of trailers in there. Yeah. Actually, well, now I, since they're not. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. It glitched for a second. What were you going to say? Oh, actually, I lied. My first Supercross I went to was Indianapolis. I was thinking it was St. Louis, but that was for the dirt in December when I went there. But either way, it was still cool. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas Oil Stadiums, that's a cool place. Yeah, yes. that was. that's the new stadium. Right. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I was never in that one. I raced raced in the old one. What was, that was called the RCA Dome, wasn't it? I think. Yes. Yes, it was. Because St. Louis was the TWA Dome. Yep. 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 Yeah. As yeah. a matter of well, fact, my first Supercross in St. Louis, uh, Larry Ward and Jeff Matasevich got in it. They're both into it. They were both uh, Team Suzuki. 
and they were fighting and throwing helmets and <laughs> going nuts in the back there. And uh, the guy that was with me, mechanic, and we were standing there, and Craig looks up, and we're standing next to Paul Tracy, uh, the IndyCar driver. Nice. And wow. uh, that was when would have been about the time he was starting to get big. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. Craig goes, what would happen if you got to fight like that? I think he was driving for maybe Andretti at the time. Uh, probably. Uh, and he goes, oh, we'd be fired. He said they would, they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't tolerate any of that at all. That's <laughs> um, a very polished series. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. 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 He said, yeah, you don't dare do that. You wouldn't dare, dare do that. Right. Well, wasn't it a few years ago when Weston Pike was beaten on Vince Freezy? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's happened a few times with different, I, different yeah writers over the years. oh for sure man i've been meaning to ask you um if you had so going back to like the beginnings of motocross and just racing that kind of stuff somebody that's listening to the show that might be wanting to get into it what would be advice that you would give them that you wish that you knew back in the day that got you started um Go to as many races as you, as you can uh, and watch and see what's going on and figure out how you want, what, what your goals are and expectations and um, see if you can get under the wing of uh, one of the faster riders or people that are, have been around it and know what's going on. Um, right. Usually the motocross people are, they're, they're really good, um, helping you get going and so forth. But the main thing is ride as much as you can, um, get as much seat time, uh, yeah, as possible. Um, seat time and reps seem to be the common denominator between most racing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It seems like, yeah. And it's a little easier than than cars to get seat time because right. there are places to ride um, and talk to people and see where the tracks are that you can go ride on um, and so yeah. forth. And a lot of the, the racetracks um, have, when they're not racing, they have ride days. So uh, if they're not racing that weekend, usually anywhere from 25 to 35 bucks, you can, They'll have a practice day on Saturday or Sunday, and sometimes both days, and you can go and and just ride. Yeah, I actually oh, remember awesome. doing that at Hawkeye Downs a few times. That was actually a pretty cool deal that they did. Yeah. Yep. You get yep. to race on a real track or practice on a real track instead of your local <laughs> OHV park. <laughs> right, right. Well, and like Mount Carroll, mm-hmm. I'll use that for an example. Uh, I don't know. I haven't followed it too close here lately. But I know when I was going over there some, uh, if they weren't racing every Saturday and Sunday, the track was was prepped both days and watered, and it was um, for open practice. For open practice. And they That's got awesome. To, they get as many bikes there for an open practice as they would for a race. There was, That's there was, awesome. It seems like any, I talked to an old friend of mine a couple of years ago, and he said, it's amazing, you know, we raced every weekend. Wherever the race was, we were there. And mm-hmm. now a lot of people just go and ride. 
they don't they don't they don't care to race. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a bit as fast as the guys racing, but they yep. just soon they just soon go ride. That's interesting. Because yeah, it that, me, I'm like I would get competitive with it <laughs> real right. fast. Well, they get competitive even though it's a, a ride day. Um, but it's just it's um, they just don't follow the the racing that much anymore, or a lot of them don't. Yeah. I meant to ask you, did you ever ride up at uh, Oak Ridge there in Tama? I went over there once for a practice day. I've heard that's pretty nice. <laughs> How yep. was that? It was nice. It was real nice. It uh, They got a huge uphill triple, too, don't they? Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> you probably didn't hit that, did you? I tried. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was funny. Uh, the first practice session, uh, I kind of stopped the straightaway before in that corner up on the hill and watched and i moved around to the center of the corner then and was watching and before it was over with i was at the exit of the corner and i was watching and it's like i'm smarter than this <laughs> i have nothing <laughs> i don't need to do this <laughs> and uh it was an open practice day and uh the checkered flag was out for our group uh-huh. and so i took off well i took off from the exit of the corner and I always rode with my middle finger on the clutch. I never take it off. And my GoPro on my helmet, you could tell the second I left the ground, I just slowly take my finger back and hold on to the grip because I knew I was a crap. <laughs> <laughs> I was going for a ride. And I, I come up short and cased it, and my feet were sticking straight in the air. And when I look, oh. when I come down, I sat on the seat and did a big old head shake away and around the corner I went. It was by no means any skill involved. It was pure luck. And got back to the truck and my wife goes, you got spare underwear with you today? (laughs) She was laughing and she's got a picture of just as I'm landing and the suspension's all bottomed out. Oh, no. (laughs) I hadn't. My head didn't do the whiplash yet. It was, I, it was just, I was just starting to smack my head down. Oh, my man. Feet were just oh start, man. Starting to come up. She was laughing. And... Cause it's a, it's a monstrous <laughs> up to yeah. triple too. And it, it, that was right after they built the place. Um, I don't even know if they'd had a race yet. Uh, but then they, since then they've changed it and have tamed it down some. I haven't, I haven't been back. You might have to go back for redemption. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that could go either one way or the other. You're never going back, or you got to try to tame the beast. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and then when I went out for the next sessions, it was it was really choppy um, getting up to it. Yeah, uh, I didn't want to. I was like, eh, I think I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> But the racer in you, it crossed your mind to oh, try yeah. it again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought about it, but it, that's all it was, was the thought about. Mount Carroll has a, had a big uphill triple. I remember I've got a few huh. pictures of that. My As my wife was snapping the pictures, some guy asked her who the, who, who the old guy was jumping that jump. <laughs> she, she still teases me about that. I never had the guts to hit a triple. I could hit a good amount of doubles, but that doing a triple, I, 
I couldn't get myself to do it. <laughs> it takes a little more gas. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't willing to do more. the risk. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember the the old saying is "when in doubt, gas." Yep. <laughs> yes, that's my favorite you know, saying. Those days are gone for me. I'm not going to ever try it. <laughs> <laughs> actually more important than gas and it's just relaxed yeah that's very true i don't know how many times i thought i was wrecked and it's like well nothing i can do about it might as well grab another gear and hold it wide open you never know what'll happen and more times than not you'd ride out of it yep um, <laughs> that's awesome just relax <laughs> a few times there you get slapped to the ground oh yeah stars would be going around but <laughs> but man this is this has been cool i uh i learned a lot on this one because i didn't i didn't really know a whole lot of the history of the motocross stuff locally here so that was yeah. cool i learned a lot you got to do a ton of racing which is awesome yes but yeah Man, but, I I really do appreciate you coming and talking with us tonight. No. I think people are going to enjoy it because we're here for all racers. I mean, it's not just dirt track guys or NASCAR guys. I mean, we're here for all racers. We want these stories to be heard because they need to be yep. heard. I mean, you have however many years from 1977 to 2017 worth of racing yes. that most people will never get the chance to hear. And now this is going to be available for people to hear. And I I think that's, what's really cool about us getting the chance to do this and you guys taking the time out of your night to come talk with us and share it. So thank you very much for coming on tonight. Yeah. Happy, happy to do it, man. It was a blast. I learned so much about motocross and just that aspect of racing. Cause I I'm a greenhorn in that arena i didn't i don't know that much and it was a privilege getting to hear a lot of the stories and you know darn near 50 years of racing like that's just a lot and like tanner was saying our whole mission with the show is to give the grassroots racers no matter what it is two four wheels four wheelers i don't care give them a voice um give them a platform to come and talk on because their stories are the ones that in my opinion are some of the coolest some of the ones that are never heard so that's the whole mission that we have with the show. And like he said, thank you so much for giving us a couple hours of your time and coming out. Oh yes. Yes. So with that, um, you ready to close it out, man? We're coming up on time. Yeah. Well, we're right at the two hour mark. So oh, geez. you did it. Yeah. <laughs> we made I didn't it. bore too many people. <laughs> no, we got, we got some good stories. People are going to like it. No, it was, it was not boring at all. Interesting. There's going to be a lot of people kind of like me. They're just kind of, we're just kind of sitting here going, wow, you could do that. Okay. That's cool. I didn't know that. That track exists. Like just that kind of stuff. It was all mind blowing information. Well, in the first five minutes, I learned that there was all these BMX tracks around here and I never even knew that was a thing. So (laughs) I didn't didn't know Loretta Lynn's house is a thing. I'm seriously going to tell everybody about that. That was cool. (laughs) Yeah. No, they've been racing there a lot. Well, since 1982, they've been there every year. It's just so I'm going to look that up now, seriously, because that's just neat. It's a huge race. Yeah, I can't believe I haven't heard of it, to be honest with you. Like, just that's shame on me, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's that's the biggest amateur national race of the year. A lot of guys, they 
end up getting their like factory rides out of that from yep, winning yep, that too. Yep, yep. No, I've got, I've had several friends uh, come out of there with factory rides and so forth. Yeah, but that's that's awesome. Well, Tanner, I don't mean to cut anybody short, but I'm gonna close this out since we're yeah. coming up on time. So, what is your Instagram handle? How can people follow you? My Instagram is at underscore Tanner Allen underscore. You can follow me there on Instagram and you can also follow me at Tanner Allen racing on Facebook. Those are my two most active platforms. And also please, like we say on all the shows, if you enjoyed this, share the show, leave us a review, tell everybody about it. If you get any value out of it or just listen to these stories and enjoy it, please share it. And you can follow us at first gear podcast on everything. Perfectly said, my dude. Well, Dan, again, thank you so much. We'll catch you guys next week. Yep, yep. Thank you. Yep, bye. Bye.